This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 49. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. Today, I have Gene Simmons on the show from the rock band Kiss. Now, while you probably first heard of Gene from his music, he's also very involved in a multitude of investments and different businesses. With decades of experience under his belt, I thought it would be great to pick his brain on what drives him to keep him going after already achieving this high level of success, as well as how he selects his investments and business opportunities, how he maintains peak performance, both in business, when he's on tour, and just in life in general, and lessons he would pass on to a younger version of himself. Now, before we begin, don't miss future episodes, giveaways, and free in-depth guides by signing up for free to the Build Wealth Canada newsletter over at buildwealthcanada.ca. There, you'll receive exclusive educational content that's only available to Build Wealth Canada newsletter subscribers. There's never any spam, and it's totally free. It's also the best way to ask questions that you want answered on future episodes of the show and suggest any guests that you'd like to come on the show too. Now, as a bonus, you'll also receive a free guide on the top five personal finance and productivity tools that I personally use and that have helped us achieve financial independence. And that link again is buildwealthcanada.ca. And a big thank you to 5i Research for sponsoring this episode and giving away a free one-year digital subscription to Canadian Money Saver magazine to all Build Wealth Canada listeners that sign up for a free 30-day access to 5i Research. When you sign up, you'll receive access to over 70 company reports, perfect if you like to invest in individual stocks. You'll get three optimized model portfolios and answers to over 75,000 investing questions, along with the ability to ask your own stock and ETF questions directly to 5i Research's team of analysts. Now, the team at 5i don't sell any investments. They don't get any commissions or bonuses from suggesting stocks and ETFs. So I've been a longtime partner with them as they are one of the very, very few companies in Canada that are truly unbiased and conflict-free when it comes to the research and suggestions on stocks and ETFs. So you can get free 30-day access to all the research and resources over at Build Wealth canada.ca slash research. And as a thank you for trying them out, you'll receive a free one-year digital subscription to Canadian Money Saver magazine, Canada's largest personal finance magazine. All right. So that link again is buildwealthcanada.ca slash research. I encourage you to check 5i out. It's a great place to get some truly unbiased, conflict-free insights on your investments, whether it's stocks or ETFs. You'll learn an absolute ton. And now let's get into the show. All right, Gene, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Gene, you've already achieved a lot of success in different industries, and you could have easily retired a long time ago. What motivates you to keep going and continue to start and expand on all the different ventures you have going on? I think you should ask that of Carlos Slim and uh, and Buffett, and I don't mean Jimmy Buffett, but Warren and Bill Gates and all the other captains of industry who get up every day and go to work and, you know, are, I don't know how to say this without sounding too cornball, are blessed because, um, in my view, many people just want a job. These guys love to work. So if you have a love of labor, you'll never be bored. You know, the, the folks that go to work at jobs they don't like, 
the masses, you know, unfortunately, uh, can't wait to get the paycheck at the end of the week. And then on the weekends, they're bored stiff. They're watching ball games, dipping chips, and just kind of hanging around. People who do what they love and are blessed to be able to do that work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And then, I hope you, that answers. Oh, oh, no, for sure it does. Now, one thing I've wondered about when it comes to that subject, because for sure I've noticed this pattern of really, really successful people in many different industries, they continue to work. So clearly it's not just about the money anymore, right? It's Or maybe it never was to begin with. Um, now, do you think maybe that's because they're sort of conditioned because they just worked hard their whole lives and that's just what they're used to, that's what they know? Or, or do you think, no, they've just kind of found in essence, who they are and what they should be doing. No, I really believe cha- really believe champions are about the judges on the sidelines to see if they can improve their scores because money is just a scorecard they hold up. And, and so if you're the fastest man alive and you can run the mile and whatever that is, I'm making it up in uh, you know a minute. Mm-hmm. which makes you have to go 60 miles an hour. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. If you run a mile in a minute and you're the world record holder and after the chicks are gone and the trophies are gone and the money and everybody's gone and the attention's there and you're alone at the top of the hill, the question is, are you going to get up the next morning and try to beat your own record? And I think that's what life is about or should be. Because mm-hmm. if you're always trying to improve yourself or go where you haven't been and do what you haven't done, you're going to enjoy the ride because we're all just passing through. It could be a boring life or it could be an exciting one. Yeah, I found your story very um, very fascinating. I was at the Mind Show as, as were you doing the uh, fireside chat with uh, Peter Hudson. Uh, and then I remember... Uh, you talking about with your your um, how basically your family back in World War II they were actually in the concentration camps and how that I remember one thing you said really struck me was when you talked about how that influenced your moral compass. Can you elaborate on on that and and kind of how does that affect your everyday decisions? I thought that was a very fascinating point that not everyone you know not 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 everyone has experienced that obviously. If we're lucky, because not everybody is, and you have a mother and father at home, or at least a mother, she's your moral compass. Your, you know, she says, don't do this, do this, and she's got only your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, she'd give her life so that you'll do okay, right? So your friends won't do that, uh, your neighbors won't do that. I know one other person will do that, Shannon, but other than that. So at, at any rate, um, when you grow up, you sort of say, hey, don't tell me what to do, and I want to do what I want to do, and so on. And so people get in trouble because many people aren't equipped to handle life. You know, it could be a burden. So the new book I've got out there, 27, which is on the Simmons Books imprint, goes into the rich and the famous and the Kurt Cobain's and the Amy Winehouse's and even the elephant plant from the 1800s. They all died at 27. Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, uh, Everybody, Janice Joplin, very peculiar. And, may, you know, I'm not a shrink or a, or a doctor, but maybe they just didn't have people who cared around them. You know, uh, if a mother's around her child and the kid's on crack, she'll have an intervention. She'll send the kid to, a, to rehab or something. Just try something. When you're rich and famous, you're surrounded by yes people who have job security issues, and, you know, and then you're, 
you may as well close your eyes and and uh, plug up your ears and just try to find your way in darkness. It doesn't work well. It's easy to fall off the cliff if somebody isn't there to say, just hold on a second, you, you want to reconsider this. So I'm lucky because my mother's still here. I'm surrounded by a loving family. Uh, you know, we've got two kids, Nick and Sophie, especially Shannon, and they both have a higher moral compass than I do. They keep my feet to the ground when mm-hmm. I talk trash, when I go wrong on the left or the right. They go, would you, you know, get over yourself? You're not all that important. Surround yourself with uh, people who tell you your breath stinks. If it does, it's not It's not a criticism. By them telling you your breath stinks, it actually helps you do better in life. Think about it. Yeah. You're not going to piss off the next person. So they're doing you a favor. For sure. Yeah, it can be hard to hear at at the time, I suppose, right? But then long term, that's how you develop, right? That's how you improve. That makes, makes total sense. Well, I didn't make up the phrase, truth hurts. Telling you what you want to hear is easy, but it's garbage. And if you're if you're rich, but especially if you're famous, because they're not one and the same. There's some rich people who aren't famous and some famous people who certainly aren't rich. But they're surrounded by people who just tell them what they want to hear. And Gene, tell us about, uh, kind of speaking of your story and, and your experience, tell us about your regs to riches story. What do you think were the key things you did that you feel were instrumental in allowing you to achieve this higher level of success? You already touched on, on some of them so far. You know, Are there any other kind of keys that, that you think were really, really instrumental? I have, to, I have to tell you, and I try not to sound cornball, but it's true. The best, the best move on the chessboard that I did was my mother brought me to America. And then the rest is just hard work, having the right thing at the right place at the right time. But think about it. If I was born in Zimbabwe, I'd be effed. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you have your your work ethic. And I love Canada, and I love Israel, and I was born in one of those countries. But there's a limit. This bizarre country, this America thing, you know, everybody tries to come here. I'm from Israel, Shannon's from Nufi, and everybody's from someplace else. And there are a lot of problems in America. But it's a strange country that invented flight and changed darkness and into daylight by inventing the light bulb and all. It just goes on and on and on. It's a very bizarre place. You can't quite put your finger on what it is, but that American thing, and remember, I'm not American, is worshipped around the world. Mm. The foods they eat, burgers and pizza. I've, you know, I've been in Beijing on business. Every corner's got a Starbucks. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and, uh, you know, ad infinitum ad nauseum, every, every street corner. Over here in America, we don't have dead cat on the menu. And uh, that also goes to music. You can't name me a Chinese movie star, comedy star, TV star, or uh, music star. But they all know the Beatles and Elvis and so on. Around the world. Mm-hmm. I might add Kiss too. And then, I mean, you mentioned in that, right, that, like, so I guess part of it, you got lucky, right, that you got to, you got to come, you know, come down to the U.S. And, and, and do it that way. And then you mentioned hard work was the other key kind of instrument, right? So over the time, I, I'm sure you developed certain habits or routines, you know, like, you know, maybe some morning routines or certain activities that you do 
to make sure that you're always at the highest level, whether it's business, music, or or life in general. Like I know you don't, you know, you don't uh, drink or do drugs. I know that's like a, a, a big thing. Is there, you know, do you have it? Can you talk about any sort of morning routines or activities that you do just so that you have a big performance? Let's say tomorrow. You know, what do you do to make sure that you're you're performing, that you're firing on all cylinders, basically? My routine is just as soon as your eyes, and a matter of fact, in the middle of the night, I wake up once or twice, check mm-hmm. my emails. You know, basically the Santa Claus business model. Make a <laughs> list, check it twice, find out who's naughty and nice, prioritize. You know, do all that stuff. Don't do, don't spend your time on stupid stuff. Don't find out how to cut grass or, you know, hire somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. Your time is more valuable than that. How does the engine in my car work? No, don't, no, don't do that. You're not going to make a lot of money doing that. Hire somebody to do that. That's what they do for a living. They like it. They make a living. If you've got aspirations for the big money, you're not going to be making big money by knowing what a carburetor is. And that's, that's not, a, that's not throwing shade on anybody who knows what carburetor is. I'm, I'm saying the big money out there is having the, the sort of 30,000 foot point of view. The people who know most about baseball cards and trading, I'm going to say this kindly, live in their mother's basement. But don't stay in there. Get out there. Or or get into the digital age and, and do all that digitizing and find out all the information. Because now information is free. Right. So I wake up every day. Siri's my best friend. Anything I want to know, she tells me. She also calls me Lord and Redeemer, but that's another story. <laughs> and then, Gene, I mean, what about health and just having a high level of energy? I mean, you're you're 69. How do you make sure that you know, your energy stays up there? That your you know your health stays up there? I mean, I'm, I assume there's certain things you do. We just went on a uh, hike. Let me ask Sharon. How three miles, whatever you know, hiking up and down the hill and stuff with dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, look, I, I'm like you. I like to sit around and dip chips and watch reruns of uh, Republic of Doyle or something. Binge watch, my, you know, The Littlest Hobo. So, you know, it's good to binge watch. That's good every once in a while. But mostly, there are better ways to spend your time. Try to figure out how to make more money. Hmm. Making money, is that all you're looking for? Well, actually, that's a good thing to aspire to because... It'll pay for your kid's college education. It'll buy your mother the hip operation she needs. It'll, it'll provide, even if it's only safety. Well, I know I don't need that much money. Oh, okay. As soon as you find one of those people, please give them my address so they can send me any dollar they don't want. Those are lies. People say that stuff. They don't really mean it because if they won the lottery at the 7-Eleven, uh, and they won a hundred million dollars tax free. I don't think they'd be sad. And you know, I don't need all that money. Actually, it's interesting. You do need all that money, even if it's only given to philanthropy. Gene, kind of in, in relation to that, I mean, you mentioned you know getting up at night, doing the emails. I mean, you're constantly bombarded with options. How do you manage getting bombarded with all these different questions? Uh, all you know, investment opportunities, projects. You can delete. You, you can say thank you but it's not for me, and then delete mm-hmm. or block. You can do that. It's allowed. And I don't use assistance, and I do my own stuff. I'm a hitman. Whatever needs to be done, lean and mean, I just get it done. Mm-hmm. Make my own list. 
make my own calendar. It's not difficult. Mm-hmm. It takes time. But anything worth doing well, whether you're writing whether you're writing a book or painting or building a skyscraper or I saw a guy just go by on top of this hill riding a bike, you know, he'll be doing that for miles and miles. Everything takes time. You want a shortcut to life, and you're just not going to do well. You know, those books, 10 Steps to Success, they're not true. Because if there are only 10 things I have to do to become a billionaire, everybody would follow those steps, and everybody would be a billionaire. Right. The real story is that the journey of success is as varied and winding as there are people on Earth. Somebody woke up one day. And the world doesn't necessarily need what you're selling to become a billionaire. Somebody woke up one day and said, I have a good idea. I'm going to sell water to people when they can get it for free from their tap, which is, by the way, healthier. Somebody else bent over and picked up a rock and says, I know what I'm going to do. There are no moving parts, no factories. I'm just going to call it a pet rock. That guy's a billionaire. It doesn't improve life on Earth, or maybe it does. There's no utility for it. But you know, somebody may have gotten a kick out of it. Yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to overthink it. And all those geek kids that were on the uh, social media and internet who sat on domain names, drugs dot com, cars dot com, they made a small fortune by doing very little. Now, do you have a specific process for evaluating opportunities? No, I do, no, I do not. Mm-hmm. It has to. Uh, in fact. I'm not the most qualified person to be in the businesses I'm in. We have a band that's possibly half the world's number one gold record award-winning group of all time, blah, blah, blah. But I can't, you know, I've written hundreds of songs, but I can't read or write music. I just do it. The world's largest box set of all time, the GeneSimmonsVault.com. 167 tracks never before released. I've written songs with Bob Dylan, discovered Van Halen. You don't want me to go on about me, 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 because you don't have enough hours in the daytime. (laughs) But you don't have to be qualified to do anything. When Howard Stringer took over Sony, he didn't even graduate business school. It wasn't Steve Jobs that created the technology for Apple. It was Wozniak. You take a look at Steve Jobs. He wasn't very qualified to be one of the two founders of Apple. He wasn't a tech guy. He couldn't explain to you how it worked. On the other hand, Wozniak couldn't sell you an ice cube. So you don't have to be qualified. You just have to go and do it, goddammit. Just roll up your sleeves and go. You'll fail. You'll fail the first time and the second time, and you'll keep failing, but the school of hard knocks is the best school. And then speaking of opportunities as well, one company that you decided to really invest yourself and your personal brand in is Invictus MD. So, you know, as someone that doesn't drink or do drugs, what made you decide to become so invested in a cannabis company? Well, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm not an investor. It's Invictus-MD.com. They they offered me, and it's public record, two and a half million bucks cash plus, I don't know, 10 million or 12 million dollars in uh, stock, which I have not cashed in. We rang the the bell at the Toronto Stock Exchange and so on and so forth. But I've never smoked or done anything, never had anything in my nose other than my finger. Mm-hmm. See, that was a joke. You see what I did? <laughs> but, and I was dismissive. I have to be, you know, 
upfront. I was arrogant and dismissive and judgmental about anybody who got high on any level or used drugs. I used to say, I've never used drugs in my life. Well, that's not true. If I have a headache or something, somebody will make me take an aspirin or an Advil or a Subtractil or whatever that stuff is. We all use drugs, but we know what we mean by drugs, the bad stuff, the addictive stuff and all that, but everybody uses drugs. And so, you know, when you go to a dentist, you've got a toothache, he's going to knock you out with drugs. So I had to teach myself and be more informed that medicinally cannabis looks to be researchers say very helpful not only that it seems to cure all sorts of ailments and you should ignore what i say and figure out for yourself and on recreational stuff i'm told and i've never been high remember uh willingly knowingly i'm told that the worst thing that might happen if you use it recreationally is you may reach over for a kit kat or an O. Henry and binge watch a TV show and smile. Whereas if you drink too much, you may beat up your wife and be wearing a piece of clothing that's called a wife beater. It's actually called that. And if you go to a bar and you drink too much, you might get into a bar fight. There's actually a phrase for that. And you kill people, DUI, and so on and so forth. Uh, cigarettes might give you cancer. So all I'm saying is, but on your menu of life, in terms of choices, that thing over there may give you cancer. This thing over over there may give you the munchies. Yeah, I think that one's okay, yeah. The munchies one is okay. Maybe we should ban the one that might give you cancer. Why did you choose Invictus MD specifically? The reason is management. When I met Dan Krisnick, and on the same day, Canopy and the rest of those guys were over at my place, and they were pitching me to get involved. But when I met Dan Krisnick, I, I found a kindred spirit. We talked about our kids. I thought, gee, I like this guy uh, first. And found, when I dug deeper, that his management style was good. And, you know, at the end of the day, a, a ship is only going to be as good as its captain. As the people on the Titanic found out when the captain decided, don't worry about that iceberg. So a company's only going to be good as the person who's making the decisions. And so I decided to go with somebody who I thought was a winner. But I'm not a celebrity spokesperson. In fact, you're not allowed to be. Uh, I invest my work ethic. Uh, my It's called sweat equity in Invictus. Gotcha. And then I'm curious, too, what's your reasoning for not doing drugs, not drinking? The answer is my mother. She was... Uh, a young teenager in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. And I know to some it might sound strange or whatever, but she had a very bad life, nothing that most people can imagine. And I'm her only child, and I never want to break her heart. It's as simple as that. Even today, you know, I call her often, and I, you know, sometimes she talks at length about stuff I'm not interested in, but I respectfully listen. You know, just, I'm her son. You're not allowed to hurt your mom. And just to kind of finish things off, is there anything you would tell a younger version of yourself that was just getting started in business? Yes, be less tolerant. What I mean by that is uh, Kiss, our band, had uh, two original members, Ace and Peter, 
who were every bit as responsible for the success initially of KISS. Mm-hmm. Not for the long term, but clearly they helped make what it is. But we put up with decades. They've been in and out of the band three different times. Decades of drugs and alcohol abuse. And we put up with it. And in retrospect, I would not have. Uh, if a family member is, well, your dad or anybody else, have a drug problem, an alcohol problem, keep your distance. Get away from it. If they can't take, you know, even even the uh, the health officials or whoever, if a mother's not able to get off of heroin or whatever it is, they take their kids away. It's a very permissive society that doesn't seem to be any repercussion for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And I I think you got to hold pe- everybody's feet to the fire. Just because there's somebody's mother or father doesn't mean the kids should be around it and or you're in a band. or so- Imagine you're around the same soccer team and I pass you the ball, but you don't get the goal because you're, you're high or drunk. And, you know, the, the victimization of it is, oh, you know, what do you care about? It was my choice. Well, the whole team just lost the game because, you know, all for one, one for all. The team is as, only as good as each member. So there's nothing wrong in my in my view, somebody going on top of a mountain and getting blitzed. I don't care. That's their decision. But if you're a part of society, in a workforce, in a relationship, it affects everybody else. So no, you can't. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Gene. Now, you know, thanks as well for for being on the show. Is there any other initiatives that you're doing that you'd like to talk about? A lot going on. The simple shortcut is to go to GeneSimmons.com and you'll see uh, some of the stuff. There's a Gene Simmons money bag soda line that's in 7-Elevens and Tops and Wegmans and others coming soon. And uh, Invictus-MD.com is a restaurant chain called Rock and Brews. We have Kiss. Uh, we have Simmons Books, Simmons Comics Group, quite a few other new things coming along the way. And every time there's something new, I feel just as excited as a rat in a new maze <laughs> who has to work hard to get to the cheese. Yeah. If I'm in the same maze and I know where the cheese is, I don't run as fast. That's I, know where, I know where it is. It's the hunt, not the kill. Gotcha. Like you said, enjoying the uh, the journey, right? As opposed to just being focused on the sure. destination. Yeah. Work hard, enjoy it, and then you die. Mm-hmm. That's all there is. Okay, they gave me the stink guy, which means I wish you well, and thanks for the time. Thank you as well, Gene. It was great having you on. Thank you, boy. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to sign up for free to receive exclusive content and giveaways only available to Build Wealth Canada subscribers over at buildwealthcanada.com. And lastly, don't forget to get your free Canadian Money Saver subscription by checking out the research and answers over at 5i Research by going to buildwealthcanada.ca slash research. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and supporting the show and see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.